Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Euronurse.com. If you're watching us on YouTube, great. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and like us. Um, if you're here for the first time, then be sure to check us out on our, our website at Euronurse.com to learn more about us and how you can join and become part of the program. We're real glad to see we've got some people here. I think I see people that have always been here before. So you're following the program. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody or whatever holiday celebration that you celebrate at this time of the year. It's been a, a great uh, a great role for us so far to have so many people following this program. And we've got some really great panelists joining us today. I'm going to switch over so I could show everybody. Whoops, I got to take mine out of spotlight. And there we have Andrea. Uh, Dr. John Lynn and myself today, we're all going to be with you today. It's going to be an exciting show today. It's going to be kind of a crazy show. We're going to be doing some weird stuff with showing you what's coming, what's going to be out there, what may uh, influence us. So we're going to see how things go. I'm going to switch over to speaker view just so I can get the uh, slide here to come through. Let's see. So um, if you have any questions, concerns, things you want to ask us, of course, you can always use that Q&A button, but uh, for right now, I'm going to switch it over to our favorite stories. I did get a few submissions, so I am going to have some stories for today. So here's our first one. And this came in. Uh, let's see here. Our favorite story. This came in from uh, Jay Bajork, who was with us uh, last uh, two weeks ago for the Lidocaine. He's from the Glido Company. The most stressful jobs. There was a uh, news show about that. Hey, John, look who's on the top. I know. Urologist <laughs> and video editors, film and video editors. I, I guess that makes me really stressed, right? So the news but here's the article. Staying with us. Many American jobs are taxing, but some are more so than others. And that could also play a factor in everyday life. According to the Department of Labor's Occupational Information Network, urologists have the most stressful job in the nation. Film and video editors have the second most stressful job. Sorry, Bob and Randy. And third place goes to anesthesiologist assistants. Others in the top 10 include acute care nurses, judges, and retail supervisors. The findings are based on nearly 900 jobs here in the U.S. Also, according to that report, most people will spend at least one third of their lives at work, and 80% of those polled say work-related tensions play a factor with personal relationships. No, no big surprise, right? We have a stressful job. Even worse, you know, it's it's uh, you know, nurses have a stressful job. It's it's stress everywhere. Yeah. What I want to know is who has the least stressful job, so I can do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I I always thought urology was kind of a you know jollier group, less stress, but uh, well, I guess maybe not, right? Yeah. I, I like to I like to question the survey methodology, how they came came up with those results. Because I certainly cannot relate to being stressed out. I yeah. think a lot of it is is mindset, how you think about your situation and how you think about your job. Also, I think a huge part, if not the majority, of how a lot of urologists feel that they are burned out is because of lack of control over their environment, their practice environment, the type of patients that they see, the demographic, where they practice, how they practice, the support staff that they have. Having that lack of control contributes to a lot of the burnout and also, I think, stress. But I have to disagree. 
that urologists have the most stressful job. All right. I agree with you. I think that it's uh, uh, slighted. Even anesthesiologists, most of the guys I know that do anesthesia, they don't seem all that stressed out unless something goes wrong. Most of the time, you know, they're sitting there just, you know, doing doing their wordle or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just kind of like uh, air, airline captains, pilots. Yeah. Right. It's 99.999% smooth sailing. And then that 0.0001% stressful. Yeah. I think it also I, depends on the the culture, your work culture. If it's a toxic environment, you're going to be overstressed. You're going to be burnt out really fast. So, yep. So our next picture comes in from uh, our next story comes in from Lori Atkinson, our one of our great panelists, who's not able to get here today, but did want to send a picture of her uniform or her costume that she wore at a recent party. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. And then I wanted to share these pictures. So uh, most of you know that we've had a lot of snow lately. Um, well, not a lot of snow, but this crazy weather that came through here with this cold. That's to look outside my office. At the, the lake is frozen solid and no surprise. And then a, a little bit of snow. But this is to look out my backyard. Now, if you could see that pile by the garage, but that's about six feet high from wow. snow drifts. We only got about four inches of snow. But the drifts were crazy high. So uh, that's what we're contending with right now is the snow drifts. Mm -hmm. And I, it was too cold yesterday to even go out and look and see what it looked like. But uh, today it's warmed up a little bit. I think it's a whole whopping four degrees. But at least the wind stopped. So I'm going to try to see because my garage faces a farm field. So we've had all the drifting blowing towards the front door of the garage. I could have six feet of snow that I'm going to have to dig out of. Wow. Country life, huh? (laughs) Gotta love it. And I don't see any questions or concerns or things coming out from the audience. But hey, I would like to welcome April, Charlie, Diane, Katie, Leo, and Susie. Welcome to the Christmas show. Glad you could join us. I am going to switch over now to our presents. And I do have some presents. Let's open that first gift. So I decided to break them into into kind of different categories. And we're going to start off with catheters. As I try to reel through my script here, I dropped all my papers. There we go. So this is a a fully internal extended use wirelessly controlled urinary catheter designed for adult males with chronic urinary retention. The connected catheter is intended to reduce multiple daily catheter insertions and can stay in the body for up to seven days. The connected catheter is designed to be inserted or removed by the user, caregiver, or clinician. The connected catheter system consists of three main components, the catheter, the wireless controller, and the insertion removal IR tool. To insert the device, advance the catheter until the end of the catheter reaches the urethra. Attach the IR tool and slide the button to lock the catheter and tool together. Advance the tool until the tip of the catheter reaches the bladder. Urine will flow through the catheter and tool, indicating that the holes in the tip of the catheter have reached the bladder. Once the bladder is empty, slide the button to unlock the IR tool and remove it from the urethra. Place the controller alongside the catheter valve 
and press either button to close the valve. The valve uses a partially threaded titanium pin that will spin to fully seal the valve. The connected catheter allows for natural filling and emptying cycles in the bladder. Once the bladder is full, place the controller next to the penis and press either button. The valve will open and spin the propeller to actively propel urine and drain the bladder. Urine will flow through the urethra until the bladder is empty. When the bladder is empty, press either button to close the valve. Once each week, remove the catheter using the IR tool. To remove the catheter, insert the IR tool into the urethra. When the IR tool mates with the catheter, slide the button to lock the catheter and tool together. Gently pull back to remove the catheter. To learn more about the connected catheter and spinal singularity, please visit our website at www.spinalsingularity.com. Caution. So, of course, this is a experimental. It's not out for, for live uh, use yet. But I thought it was kind of a neat idea, especially for patients that uh, are, you know, have, they've, they've waited too long to see a urologist and their bladder won't work. So. Or like an aconjectile bladder. I yeah. feel like they had a similar product out not that long ago. Am I right? Some sort of urethral yeah. stents? Yeah, except I don't know that they had a, a pump mechanism where, yeah. where this has that pumping action. I, I did meet a guy at an AUA years ago who was kind of showing it off before, you know, this was like a prototype, just trying to get some ideas from people. So I don't know if it was the same company or, or not. Sometimes you don't know if you're who you're running into at these meetings, but I think it was a, a different idea, something out there. So, all right, our next uh, one I'm going to show off here is the uh, Zwitterian polymer coating. Researchers at the University of California, Los Angeles have created a Zwitterian polymer coating for indwelling medical devices, such as urinary catheters, that prevents microbes from adhering to adhering and creating troublesome biofilms. Remember, we, Todd Thompson had spoke about the problem with clogging catheters because of biofilms. Recurrent infections and biofouling are serious problems for such devices leading to the overuse of antibiotics and consequent rise of drug-resistant microbes. The new coating is antibiotic-free and works by binding water tightly, creating a thin hydration barrier that deters microbes from binding and proliferating. So pretty neat idea. I guess this Zwitterian polymer coating is going to be used on all sorts of things. Apparently, it's relatively safe to be used. I'll put that picture back up here. Um, safe for human use. I was reading some articles. The The name Zwitter comes, it's German for uh, hermaphrodite. I don't know what it has to do with or the coding. But. Hybrid, hybrid. So I think their, their intended use is hybrid. Zwitter iron. Right. What kind of, I wonder what kind of hybrid polymer they are in, infusing or encoding around the uh, the surface. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it sounds interesting. I was reading an article of uh, using it for, for uh, vascular like stents and for some dialysis uh, things that apparently where this clogging and biofilm can be an issue, but catheters, we know that would be a great place to be able to prevent biofilms. So the future looks good. Always something. Yeah. It's an interesting product. I'm curious to see what the research is on it. Yeah. So um, this next one actually uh, John had 
introduced us to the duet catheter and the company approached me about uh, possibly doing a deep dive into their product. But I, I did get a video to go ahead and show a little bit more about it. I think this is really a neat place to, to look at as our next uh, um, subject. This would be the Duet. Oasis Medical has developed the innovative Duet dual balloon urinary drainage system to reduce the complications associated with catheterization. Most notoriously, bladder infections, but also bladder spasms, bladder blockage, and bleeding. Following years of clinical research, we can demonstrate how the Duet dual balloon provides protection from damage caused by the traditional catheter. Conventional catheters cause bladder wall trauma once the catheter is in place and begins to drain. The bladder collapses onto the offending catheter tip. Subsequently, the bladder wall lining, mucosa, is aspirated into the drainage eyes, pinching the bladder and causing further damage. The retention balloon secures the catheter within the bladder as usual, but the duet provides a second inflatable balloon which covers and subsumes the tip. The bladder lining is protected from the tip and the drainage eyes kept free from aspiration and retention. When catheterization is necessary, request the Duet Urinary Drainage System by Poesis Medical. Better patient care by design. So that was kind of a, a, a neat uh, look at it uh, with their video showing how this, this works. It really, to me, it looks like a, a great for long-term Foley catheter. It looks like this is gonna be something that we should all be investigating in the future. Yeah, interesting. Interestingly, I happen to have this on my desk. <laughs> here's the here's Perfect the duet poesis, and it looks it looks like a three way catheter, but is not. It has uh, two balloons, and you inflate the distal balloon about five cc's, and you press it in here, and it that's the distal balloon to protect the bladder lining, and then the proximal balloon holds it in place at the bladder neck. So it looks like that. Yeah. Dr. So Lin, what, how many cc's does each balloon hold? That's a five cc distal tip and then 10 cc's here. But obviously you can always use more, right? Second, yeah, it says right here. First de uh, deflate 10 cc's, second deflate five cc's. And this, is, uh, this happens to be a 14 French dual balloon is clearly outlined or indicated right there. Yeah. And, and those kind of things just blow my mind. It's just yeah. people coming up with those ideas. Great and you idea. think about how many patients, I mean, how, how many times have you irrigated a catheter and it just sucks against the black bladder wall? Every single time. Yeah. Was, <laughs> Every single time. I was always taught you want to put at least two or three syringes of water in the start just to deflate or inflate the balloon or the bladder so that it doesn't stick against the wall when you're trying to get clots out. Well, so I don't know. Sometimes if the bladder is already full, patients right. not going to tolerate two not three tolerate that. But yeah, but that I would wonder... be a great. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just wondering if the two balloons might cause more bladder spasms for patients. Yeah, as it as it uh, touches the trigone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe It'll be interesting. Hopefully the company has some uh, research. And as I said, they did approach uh, an interest to be a, a panelist on the, one of our upcoming episodes for next year. So 
we could ask them all those questions, take that deep dive into duet and see where it comes in. I, I'm curious what, if it could be made into a coup day. I don't know if that's possible, even with the ballooning situation, um, are there multiple sizes, et cetera. So lots of questions. Yeah, there are multiple sizes and it does, let's see, duet, duet comes in a 14 French, 18 French, 16 French and 22 French. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I really like the name. I think sometimes in healthcare, we use names that just don't connect with the product at all. And this is a very appropriate name. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like a lot of people have already used it. Have you had any personal use with it? I just placed one in, in a patient uh, this week, as a matter of fact. Oh, okay. So yeah. And it says that patients, with, yeah, patients with dual balloon catheters had clinically significant urinary uh, no clinically no significant urinary tract infections and reported comfort with dual balloon catheters. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Looks like it could be a winner. Hey, did, did you know anything about cost on it? Was it more expensive, about the same? Uh, I, I do not know. I yeah. do not know the cost. We'll, we'll save that one for the But company. there are, yeah, there are ways that you, there are things that you have to document in the chart to make sure that the, the insurance is uh, covering this uh, catheter. Just like anything else. Yeah. And just a reminder to our audience, feel free if you have a question about any of these things that we're presenting that you'd like us to discuss, go ahead and put it in on the Q&A. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. I've got some more stuff to show. I think we've all run into this situation when the patient is dry, like especially after a changing a catheter, there's no urine, you put the catheter in it's often difficult to tell whether the catheter tip made it into the bladder, at times resulting in premature inflation that causes serious trauma. I used to joke that visiting nurses were the first ones to ever balloon a prostate because I saw many of prostates with the balloon inflated in it. And it's a, it's, it's, I'm sure we've all encountered it. It's a terrible thing because you deflate it and then, then you got this pool of blood spurting out. So it's not a great thing. So this is something that's new. The signal catheter is made 100% silicon and features a mechanism that relieves the pressure inside the balloon if it's improperly positioned and inflated inside the urethra. So it must have some kind of a pressure sensing overflow, I guess. But uh, I think that there'd be many a happy patient to not have it balloon inside their prostate. Many a happy urologist not having to come in to deal with that catheter yeah. balloon in the prostate. Or the urethra, man, yep. you, you look in cystoscopically, it's like a bomb went off in there. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, I, I've encountered a few of them. I would get called in, um, you know, patients, the busy nurse calls and says, I don't know, the, the, the catheter's not draining. I've tried all sorts of catheters. And when I take it out, it just bleeds. And I like send the patient in. <laughs> and then, you, you know, you kind of fingers crossed say a few prayers and sometimes it goes in nice and easy and sometimes it doesn't then then you get involved right and that's yeah. like you said cystoscopically it's no no uh walking apart when in doubt don't inflate yes yes i always say you know like of course they say a dry bladder but you could always put water in it irrigate first i always look at the patient as i'm inflating it if i see any you know i tell them let me know if you feel anything because they shouldn't feel it they say anything, I stop. And I think experience, probably if the panelists here have all had the experience, you can feel when it's not inflating. Or, or you, the resistance that you feel with your hands as you slowly inflate the balloon, you can feel that, hey, this is not in the right place. And then you stop. Yep. 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 
And for me, a lot of times I'm putting in the catheter when the patient's under anesthesia. So I don't get that verbal feedback from the patient. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, a good point, but, uh, experience, you know, you just can't bottle it. Right. No. All right. So let's move on to, uh, our next thing. And this is, uh, product called the compact cath this one i did meet the actual this is kind of a, an interesting story and they're going to tell their story in a video but these were a bunch of students that were engineers and different things from a university that were given a project to do for their their thesis or something and what they did is they looked at a product that's already on the market how it could be improved and that's how this came around was started by a team of physicians, engineers, and business students. We all came together at Stanford Design School in 2011, and we took a class called Design for Service Innovation. The focus of the class was to help young adults in transitional stages in their lives who suffer from chronic illnesses. Combat Cath is a compact intermittent urinary catheter. It's this small, it can just fit in the palm of your hand. Incontinence market is a $2 million market. In the US alone, there are half a million people who need to use a catheter every time they go to the bathroom. The average time is six times a day that a person goes to the bathroom. Six of these for the group of people who need to catheterize every time they go. But then besides them, there are hundreds of thousands who might need to use a catheter for a periodic time. So a few months after an operation, you know, BPH, different conditions like that might require people to use it for certain periods of times. And then again, they face similar problems. So what we're trying to do with Compact Cat, you know, is serve a market that has hardly seen any innovation in about 60 years. These are the solutions that used to exist in the hospital. They've been around forever, they function well, but they're not really integrated into people's lives outside the hospital. As you can see from the packaging, it's something that, you know, it doesn't identify really, there's an obvious medical device. So it looks more like a lifestyle product. It has special features. It's pre-lubricated, so it's easier to insert and you don't need any additional lubrication with you. It has a sliding sheet that allows a non-touch insertion. So if you don't have the ideal means to wash your hands, you can just insert the catheter without touching its body. So we have here a plug that prevents urine from flowing until the user is ready. And then you just pop the funnel out, aim it, and the urine starts to flow. So it's more discreetness, better control, and better hygiene. So I did have the pleasure of meeting that group. They uh, were at a SUNA meeting decade ago, I think, with uh, this idea, and they were showing it off and kind of getting some feedback. So they were asking different people if they'd be willing to talk or look at it and give us their opinion on it, what they thought. And I just thought this this was great. Imagine somebody who's, you know, younger in age, especially, and you want something that you don't have to carry around that looks like a catheter, fits in your pocket, doesn't, you know, start flowing until you pop that little thing through. So great ideas out there, huh? Yeah. That, that seems smaller than the Vapro Plus from uh -huh. Hollister. Uh, Vapro Pocket Plus, I think, or something like a Vapro Pocket. 
it's like a rectangular package that you literally can fit in the pocket, shirt pocket, but it may yeah. stick out a little bit. But that uh, that device seems a lot small, a lot more compact. So my question is, how do you keep it lubricated? It's a great oh, idea. It's self-lubricating. Okay. I think it's the hydrophilic technology. I've seen this before, actually, at a SUNA conference. It's yeah. really neat. I have a lot of patients here in Wisconsin <clears throat> who go hunting and fishing, ice fishing. In fact, I had a patient recently who asked me an interesting question that maybe one of our catheter experts could answer in the future. He said, I'm going to ice fishing. If I if the catheter gets really cold, is that going to ruin the catheter? And I really wasn't sure. I said, it'll probably make it a lot more stiff. So we decided he was going to tuck it in his jacket when he was ice fishing so it didn't get too cold. But a lot of these males are really concerned that their hunting and fishing buddies are going to find out that they're using a catheter. So this seems like a great product for someone who's concerned about being discreet. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. I thought that was just, it yeah, shows what happens idea. when engineering gets involved, right? Yeah, the Stanford uh, Center for Biodesign is, I think, is headed or taught by Josh Macauer. He's a general partner at NEA, one of these investment companies funds that funds a lot of venture uh, startups and uh, he's always backed a lot of great great designs there's a process involved in creating one of these products and that's going to be successful so he wrote a book about it absolutely very neat so i think we are going to switch over to urinary tract infection what what's new and exciting in, in urinary tract infection we're going to go to this one. So this one's kind of a weird. If so you like the this fidget, device to be pretty cool. You'll love this. If you ever play with a fidget spinner, that's exactly what this is. You see she's taking a urine sample and she's going to place it in this little fidget spinner device. It's got these little acceptors and it takes about one mil of urine to uh, work for this. You can see she's putting that one on each side. And then just like the fidget spinner, you give it a little spin. And it supposedly separates out the uh, bacterial load into the membranes. You can then dye that and it'll have a color change to indicate by the naked eye that there is a, the amount of bacterial load. So this device was tested on 39 patients in Tirchipali, India, and would be that all of them would have been given antibiotics based on their symptoms alone, but 59% of the patients were found to be either over or undertreated with the antibiotics, something that can be rectified using this crazy and novel device. By testing the sponge samples treated with different drugs, they can even compare those to untreated samples and quickly help make decisions on which antibiotic may also work best for treating UTIs. Ah, the fidget spinner, the perfect <laughs> centrifuge. <laughs> you have to look into that. I wonder how that works. Yeah, there's a group of Korean and Indian researchers that are working on it. So, yeah, there's, um, I think, some benefits to it for sure. You know, waiting two to three days for the culture results to come back is is a long time for some patients. I'm concerned about the cost. It looks, it's really cool. Also looks really expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, like anything else, as they start to get it up to scale, then prices come down. Yeah. So also, I think their sample size was only 32 so far. So, right. Yeah. This, uh, most research. of this stuff is, is, is like the very infancy of where it's at in development. Some of it's not even available in the US, the things that I'm going to be showing off. Um, that brings me to this next one. 
I think this is kind of cool. A sensor for UTIs that can be attached to a diaper. Both for adults and children. That's out my town of Indiana here where Purdue is located that they're doing this uh, diaper sensor. So I could see maybe like nursing homes being able to incorporate something like this into their um, routines. Well, yeah, some, some sort of a sensor, maybe not in the diaper. Hopefully we can eliminate or avoid the use of diaper. We, we'd like to eliminate the use of diapers, but the reality is go to a nursing home. They're used yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. We one all of my know other... that. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, one of my other thoughts was if you were using this in nursing home population and our older patients, sometimes they have asymptomatic, oftentimes they have asymptomatic bacteria. It could lead to a really over-treatment of urinary tract infections if used in that population, but I could see its use in, in younger patients and children or babies who um, have medical problems that put them at a very high risk with urinary tract infections. Right. I have to commend Andrea for advocating and the uh, not using or not treating asymptomatic bacteria. So that is, that's a great point that we all need to drive home to a lot of people. I think, I think, UTI or UTIs or bacteria in the urine detected among elderly elderly patients who don't have any symptoms that does not need to be treated. So I I think that's a great point to bring up. Yeah, I, I have that conversation. That. I have that conversation probably five times a week, every week with my patients. Yeah, I always have a joke that uh, I, I kind of tell to the staff. It's easier to tell a patient they have cancer than that they have a negative urine culture. Yes. People just won't accept that. Yes. What do you mean I don't have an infection? You don't have I have symptoms. Well, their symptoms may not be due to a urinary tract infection. On the other hand, it could be one of these rare bacteria that are difficult to detect, and that's why you need that genetic or the uh, PCR testing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, very cool. So let's see, my next thing here is... Oh, I was going to bring up PureWick. Oh, okay, use, go ahead. Yeah, the use of PureWick to avoid the use of diapers. Yes. You know, if you're sleeping or the, the patient's lying, woman with incontinence sleeping at night, you can just apply PureWick and hopefully avoid diapers. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Interestingly, I've had a lot of my patients blame a UTI on PureWick. Huh. I don't know of any, I don't know of any clinical correlation, but I've had several women come in and say, I swear it was the pure wick. So I don't what know. About, what about the underlying disease that predis that may be predisposing his or her, her or her in this case? I yeah. know I, I've heard of men using it too, morbidly obese or obese men. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. With, with like retraction. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. And... Hey, Vic, you want to address? Uh, you I was just going to say, I saw a question pop up here from Leo. Uh, pure wick alternative for men. So you were just talking about that. Yeah, you can use pure wick for men, but it's designed for women. 
Yeah. And we've uh, we've all seen these uh, obese and morbidly obese men. <laughs> Unfortunately, their their genitals are kind of retracted, and then they have a lot of excess tissue. And if they're incontinent, you can use that Purewick as a way to absorb the urine. Yeah, definitely worth a try. But there are other there are other ways, right? Condom catheters and different other ways to capture that urine, that incontinence at night. Unless you're dealing with a retracted penis. Yeah. That's when those condom catheters are just useless. Yes. All right. My next thing. Now, this one is not available in the U.S., but there's a test card for $4 that you can use to be uh, read by your smartphone to tell you whether you have a urinary tract infection. And this is how this works. So you can see they're getting a midstream urine. And it shows you how far to dip it. And then it uses a QR code to allow you to line it up properly with your phone. So the phone can take a reading of the color change and it'll give you those parameters. Looks like leukocytes, nitrite, and pH. And it'll tell you whether it's a positive or negative test. And I guess that's about, uh, oh, I do have a thing here that you could actually buy it on in, in Europe for 9.99 pounds, which I think is probably $9.99 now in American money, but at the time it said $4 when I did the, the look through. So those well, are I guess, year- you, yeah, I guess if you have visual acuity issues, then if you can't, if you have color, maybe color blindness, you can't use a regular dipstick. Maybe this will be helpful. On the other hand, if you have visual acuity issues, it may be difficult to line up that QR code as well. Yeah. I know some people, I don't think they trust that they're able to read it properly too. You know, we look at it and we're like, yeah, I, I, you know, I can glance at a stick from across the room and tell you whether it's positive or not, but we do it all the time. We assume everybody has that same, you know, ability. So yeah, hundred percent. People, well, we now use, work. we now use automated UAs. Yeah. Well, of course <laughs> and it's better than our, our eyes probably are. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more, you get rid of that. Well, you have a higher inter-rater reliability. I have two machines here. So, you know, one is positive. The other one's going to be positive as well. Exactly. Yeah. It's come a long way. So now I'm going to switch over to our next subject. Vasectomy. So we have some products for vasectomy. And uh, I'm going to see if you've heard of this one. It's the reversible male contraceptive. It's called Vasagel. It's injected in a similar manner to the no-scalpel vasectomy. Vasagel is injected into the lumen of the vas deferens, where the gel forms a blockage that does not allow sperm to penetrate. The temporary reduction in sperm count can then be reversed after months or years with a separate injection that dissolves the polymer plug, returning the vas deferens to full functionality. So... That might change, but that might change your number of vasectomies, huh? I I have not heard of this product. I think it's probably the the panacea of trying to come up with a a way to uh, get away from surgery with a simple injection. Now, I, I did read in some articles on it. It's not being done in humans yet. They've done it in uh, monkeys, and they've done it in I think it was rabbits or rats, one of the two. I can't remember which. And the uh, 
it's successful. Been, been successful in preventing pregnancies. They have not done any of the reversal polymer breakdown thing for monkeys yet. They did do it with the rabbits, I believe it was, and it was successful at again restoring uh, fertility. So it's got some promise. Think you're gonna get on board with that one if it ever works, John? Uh, we'll we'll see how reliable and how effective it is. I I'm always you know whenever I'm doing these vasectomies that takes me on average now four minutes to perform. I'm always thinking how do I put myself out of business, right? The SWOT, <laughs> no, literally SWOT yeah. analysis. I think any good business person should be performing a SWOT analysis all the time. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are the opportunities? And what are your threats? I'm always thinking what product or procedure that is going to eliminate whatever procedure that I do. It could be cystoscopy or prostate biopsy or it could be a vasectomy. These gels are a good idea. And there's, I don't know if you're going to show it. There may be a, a somebody in Germany, in Europe, came up with some sort of a, a switch or a device that you can turn on and off. A lot of people may think that it's going to be effective, but the 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 threshold is really really high. I'm turning uh, hundreds of millions of sperm, sometimes over a billion sperm per ejaculate, to zero zero. That is the that is the really the the lowest threshold that you have to meet. So that bar is really really high for any of these products to. Uh, to be acceptable, if you will, because one sperm is too many sperm. It's going to be, it's going to be, I have to see the, the results. It's yeah. going to be tough. And I know they've been looking for male birth control for the longest time to try to come up with a good effective means and it's just has escaped. Uh, but of course, you know, even female birth control pill is what, one out of a hundred failure rate. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not definitely not certainly the better. Yeah. So I, I tell my patients that um, short of abstinence, vasectomy is the next most effective method of birth control. So the good news is this is still experimental. So unless you're a monkey or a, a rabbit, you're unless you work at veterinary, you're probably safe. Now, our next slide comes in, and this is another vasectomy one from our panelist, Andrea Strong. This is a product called Undies. Yep. After that vasectomy, slip that right down the old trousers and keep those boys nice and cold so that we reduce swelling. And And this is available at Amazon. And if you don't like the Undies, you can go to the Jackstrap. That's only $25. And this is my favorite one that I found. Yes, it's the Nutsicles. <laughs> Keep those boys nice and cold with the nutsicles. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for finding that, Andrea. That was yeah. <clears throat> You're welcome. Always, always good to get other people out there hunting for these new products. This is uh by the way, uh attendees, you're free to just put in a uh not necessarily a question, but if you have a comment or or if you just like it, you want to let us know you liked it, go ahead and let us know. Uh, I, this has been fun for me, all the research I got to do in finding these new products. But if it's something you really like and you'd like to see it again down the line, let me know. Because I, I think this is uh, this is just as important as some of the other stuff we do, taking a deep dive in what's coming up in the future. So, all right. 
our next category is just, I call it more stuff. <laughs> I don't know what better to say. There were so many different little things. I couldn't put them under their own. But this one I really, really like. Um, for those of us that do your dynamics, the ultimate goal was to try to find a way that that you can most uh, most mock physio normal physiology. So when we do your dynamics, we're filling a bladder up much quicker than it normally fills. We've got a catheter hanging out of their urethra. So we're causing stimulation. While this product is an implantable, temporarily implantable sensor, and I'm going to show you how it works. I think this is something that could really change the, the way your dynamics are done. Kind of resembles like to me, like the 24 hour halter monitor that they use for hearts. Because, you know, whenever you do a year dynamics, I always call it it's a picture, it's a snapshot of what's going on with the patient. You don't see what's happening all day long. Catheter free method to perform urodynamics evaluation. Developed by leading researchers at the Cleveland Clinic, Clean will revolutionize the way urodynamics evaluations are performed. Clean could deliver more comfort for patients accuracy for clinicians, and efficiency for practices. The Glean Eurodynamic system consists of four components, the sensor, insertion tool, a software app for patients and clinicians, and a Euroflow meter. To prepare for insertion, the clinician wakes the sensor with the press of a button. The sensor uses Bluetooth to connect to the software app. The sensor is then inserted into the sheath and the removal string is aligned in the pushrod. Next, the spacer is attached and the pushrod is advanced until they mate. The insertion tool is advanced until the tip reaches the bladder. The spacer is removed and the pushrod is advanced to deploy the sensor. The tool is then removed, leaving the sensor in the bladder. During the period of monitoring, the sensor will collect and store pressure data. Patients and clinicians can log events or symptoms experienced using the software app. The patient can complete multiple voiding cycles in privacy to collect data. When the evaluation is complete, the sensor can be removed from the bladder using the removal string. Data is then transferred to the software app and the clinician can analyze the data and generate the report. To learn more about the Glean Eurodynamic System and Bright Euro, please visit our website at www.brighteuro.com. So what'd you think about that one? Might be the future of Eurodynamics. My only <clears throat> concern is that you're missing the fluoroscopy aspect of things. I suppose you could still do that in clinic with the patient there, but yeah, I mean, we're doing urodynamics. It's a big, bright room. You've got several staff members in the room, a catheter in, catheter in the rectum. Okay, now go pee in front of everyone. That's, <laughs> that's Nothing not artificial easy. about that, right? <laughs> so that obviously was a female version. I don't know if there's going to be a male version that will uh, accommodate for a man. That would be nice. Um, and how they kind of check for stress incontinence. I guess patient could Valsalva, cough, you know and have a button on that monitor where they notice where they're leaking to try to figure that out too. But uh, I, to me, it has some promise because being able to capture a period of time, something like you said, where you're living more of your normal life could really give a lot of uh, good information. Yeah. 
I have a lot of patients who just can't void in the urodynamics room. And then they take the catheters out, they have them do a Euroflow and it's a completely normal Euroflow. Yeah. Yep. I've, I've done tons of urodynamics in my career and it's always the trick is trying to get patients to feel like they're more normal and try to, you know, especially for males, I always do it standing. And one of these days I'll have to show, I, I created a, a, a device that I use that allow patients to aim their stream better into the Euroflow than I don't have that slide available, but uh, it's always try to mock what's normal for a person. So I ask you, do you, do you urinate standing or do you urinate sitting? Because if they're normally urinating standing, then why would you do it sitting? So, yeah. So anyway, that's uh, more crazy things out there. Now, one of the things that always bothered me is, is you get that patient who comes into the office. They don't realize they've been in ur urinary retention forever. And their bladder is just shot. You know, you, you, you catheterize them and there's, you know, four liters of urine in their bladder. And they're not going to be a good candidate, at least not right away, for a procedure to remove the obstruction. They're going to probably be on intermittent catheterization. And some patients we know are going to be on it for the rest of their life. So this is a product that's in development. Um, sounds interesting. I'm not sure where it's going, but it's in the right, going in the right direction of helping those patients out. Similar to that device that I showed earlier that will help pump urine out of the bladder. Oh, I lied. <laughs> We're going to do this one first because my, my script is backwards. All righty. So new script. Ever have issues with the uh, irrigation? We were talking about those clots in the bladder. Here's a device that's uh, going to make your life a lot easier because everyone who's ever irrigated bladder clots knows that you've got to just keep irrigating, irrigating, irrigating to get all those clots out of the bladder to stop it from bleeding. And what do you do with those clots? Well, we probably just line them up in cups or containers or one liter bottles to, to store them. Well, there's another option. The multi-phase enclosed bladder irrigation system is an OSHA-compliant novel solution for irrigating the bladder when treating hematuria. It is designed to reduce the risks and costs associated with biohazard exposure while delivering improved procedural efficiencies for manual bladder irrigation procedures. The multi-phase system has a high flow spike, trip chamber, roller clamp, check valve, drainage bag, drainage bag cap, barbed connector, and proprietary syringe. Barbed connectors attach the multi-phase irrigation line and drainage bag to the custom syringe. Each can be disconnected to transfer the irrigation line and drainage bag to the patient's three-way catheter for continued use as needed. To use the system, aseptically remove the sterile kit from the pouch. Unwrap the drape. Open the plastic binder and remove the kit. Then, spike the irrigation line into a sterile solutions container obtained at your medical facility. Hang the system's pre-attached drainage bag below the level of irrigation. Do not lay the bag on the floor. The multi-phase syringe has a tapered tip that securely connects to standard urinary catheters. The plunger end stop prevents the plunger from pulling out of the syringe and mitigates inadvertent spillage of fluids from the barrel. 
The plunger end stop also works in concert with the plunger, and either can be used to rotate the inner barrel between the different phases. The proprietary syringe has an augmented volume of 120 milliliters and four independent positions. One, off for no flow of fluids. Two, fill to pull sterile solution into the syringe. Three, irrigate to push and pull fluids in and out of the bladder from the syringe. And four, drain to push fluids from the syringe into the attached drainage bag. The syringe provides icons and labeling, as well as tactile and audible feedback to affirm when the syringe is in each phase. The syringe comes packaged in the irrigate phase. First, disconnect the patient's drainage tube from their catheter. The multi-phase kit provides a drainage bag cap in its packaging to use if the patient already has a drainage bag connected to their catheter and needs it disconnected during the manual bladder irrigation procedure. Next, insert the syringe tip into the patient's indwelling catheter. Then, pull the syringe plunger out to remove excess fluids and or clots from the bladder. If the plunger feels stuck within the syringe, simply push it forward and then pull it back to continue. Then, rotate the syringe to the drain position and push the plunger into the syringe to move its contents into the attached drainage bag. Rotate the syringe to the fill position. Then, pull the plunger back to fill the syringe with sterile solution. If air is encountered during the initial fills, rotate the syringe immediately to the drain position and push the plunger into the barrel to evacuate air into the drainage bag. With the syringe full of sterile solution, rotate it to the irrigate position. Then, push the plunger into the syringe to advance the sterile solution into the patient's bladder. Pull the plunger back to draw out the bladder contents into the syringe. Manually irrigate the bladder by pushing fluids back and forth through the syringe tip as needed. To clear the syringe, rotate it to the drain position. Then, push the plunger into the barrel and empty the syringe contents into the attached drainage bag. Repeat the fill, irrigate, drain steps as needed to complete the procedure. When the procedure is complete, rotate the syringe to the off position before disengaging the system from the patient's catheter. In addition to the novel procedural benefits, the multi-phase enclosed bladder irrigation system offers the following economic benefits improved efficiencies with reduced procedural times by as much as 50%, cost-effective process with only one medical professional required to perform the procedure, faster procedural time with 120 milliliter syringe moving more fluid with greater efficiency and less user fatigue, a safer method that reduces exposure to biohazards and the associated financial risks for hospitals, and reduced cleanup costs after procedure. Uh, Vic, you're on mute. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I can yeah. attest to the fatigue factor from irrigation. Sure. There's there's definitely a advantage. Kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah. I did try to contact this company to see if they'd be interested in presenting more 
information about their product, uh, but they never said, said anything back. So maybe I missed it, but it, does this catheter stay in? Can you leave it in? So the catheter is already in the patient. This just plugs into the catheter. Oh, that's gotcha. Existing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I think from a biohazard perspective, it makes sense. I mean, we've all irrigated catheters before, lots of blood, lots of clots. It's messy. Um, you're trying to use one of those cylinders. Sometimes they knock yep. over. Um, so I see the benefits from that expect, uh, aspect. I'd like to get a sample of it just to see the size of it too. You know, the lumen, is it big yes. enough to really evacuate clots or, I mean, I could see there could be some pitfalls to it, but Overall, it looks promising. All right. Now, the one I promised was the uh, implantable bladder raft for improved urinary control. So this is that bladder that doesn't want to squeeze by itself. Because of its unique serpentine shape, the raft does not require glue or sutures to remain in place, which makes it easier to implant. With the serpentine design built into the structure, we can stretch it to a bigger geometry. So if we stretch the serpentine wrap, which is placed around and against the bladder, it would provide a sufficient force to hold the electronic thread with the sensors in place so that it won't be able to slip off. And apparently the way it works is it has some kind of optical sensing device that allows it to help to squeeze the urine out when you're trying to void as a way of trying to improve that, <clears throat> that hypotonic bladder situation. Again, nothing that's that's out now, but kind of an interesting possible thing in the future. That's really neat. I have a lot of patients with acontractile bladders who would sign up for this if it comes through on the market. <laughs> Absolutely. Katie Bertels sent in. Uh, that's very interesting. So I'm glad to hear. Glad to hear you guys are finding it interesting out there. This one I thought was kind of neat. This is a portable ultrasound system. We know ultrasound keeps getting smaller and smaller, but <clears throat> some different uses. Uh, when we launched the Butterfly IQ, we put powerful medical imaging capabilities in the hands of doctors all over the world. And with the IQ Plus, we've now made it even better. We listened to the doctors and responded to said, I would like it to do more of this. We've increased the resolution. We've added more beams. There's lower power, longer scan time. It's going to be easier to get this data. I mean, it's just uh, going to be powerful. We've been able to increase our scanning rates by up to 60%. And this is what's given us excellent image quality and higher frame rates, which is very important for things like cardiac imaging, for example. And with those faster frame rates, we get better image quality in the walls of the heart itself. So we can pick up sensitive changes in wall motion abnormalities. Another exciting invention with IQ Plus is something called NeedleVis. And it lights up the needle bright blue as it's going into the skin so you can really see it, whether you're putting in an IV, injecting anesthesia around a nerve, to be able to see the needle as it goes through the tissue, light up. It's something physicians are gonna love. And you know, if that wasn't enough, we actually made the chip even more compact than it was before. When you place this probe down on the body, whether it's between the ribs or elsewhere, you can spend a lot less time searching around to try and tune the image. You just plop it down and you get the image you need. That chip is incredibly powerful. It's making about half a trillion operations per second. 
what used to take, say, 10 seconds to scan the bladder, we can now do this in three seconds. So going forward, uh, I, I just see the sky's the limit. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget the day that I got the first message from doctors using our device. And I saw the message that said, I used the butterfly IQ to save someone's life today. And that was a big, powerful moment for me. And now as we've been selling more and more of these devices, you know, those stories keep coming. It's a huge motivator to keep working on this. How do we change the life? You know, love their story. <clears throat> but I thought it was kind of interesting how they shrunk down these scanners and now they can work right off your phone or your iPad. I can remember early in my career, you know, we always, I always, my job was to check the post void residual. It was with a catheter. And then all of a sudden came along this scanner that you could use. And I talked to our guys in the, to getting that and trying it. And at first, you know, the urologist wasn't that confident in it. He said, well, at first I want you to scan it and then empty it with a catheter. And if you're close enough, he says, well, then we'll consider it. And it was dead on all the time. So yeah, as, as a patient nowadays that I have to periodically get my, get my bladder scanned, I'm much gladder, much more glad I don't have to have a catheter to do this. All right, we're getting towards our end. I got a couple quick, uh, let's see, I'm gonna skip that one. This one I'm gonna see if, uh, John has seen before. I uh, somebody brought this into the office. The ITIN. It's the ischemic response to the application of pressure from three pressure ridges of the implant that create three new channels within the tissue. This helps urine flow out much easier, and the procedure doesn't leave anything behind once the implant is removed. So, as you can kind of see in this picture here, this device is placed inside the prostate. It's left in there, and the pressure of those. Uh, wires against the prostate causes necrosis and then is removed and that necrosis causes a line inside the prostate. I'm thinking reminds me of what the old, the old tulip procedure where they would just make those incisions in the prostate to allow for voiding. This I think is a competition with, <clears throat> excuse me, resume and the uh, Eurolift. Have you heard anything about that one, John? Yeah, ITIN, uh, Olympus purchased, I believe, I can't remember if it's an Israeli company for several million dollars. And now this product is being uh, sold by Olympus. Movable device that you would insert into the male patient, put it into the prosthetic urethra for about five days. Oops, your mic is cutting in and out. Yeah, you know what? I'm noticing that the the microphone and also the audio is that the speaker is also cutting in and out huh. so anyway it is yeah it is uh being sold by olympus and uh you leave it in for five days the goal is to necrose uh, the prosthetic urethra and hopefully leads to improved urinary flow uh, the interestingly in 2023 the payment to the surgery center in the hospital will increase for that procedure so, yeah, not physicians, but to the hospital or ASC. Ah, okay. Susie Swain put a comment in. Sounds like that might hurt a lot. I, I have to agree. I think that it does sound like out of all the procedures we do, this one's going to be the most uncomfortable, having that pressure in there for five days. I was thinking the same thing, Susie. I also uh, wonder if that necrotic tissue, as it's sloughing off, 
might cause some obstruction if maybe ca- patients might need some catheters afterwards to ensure that that doesn't cause any obstruction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I talked to the rep from the company. I don't think they've had to have a catheter post because it's left in place. So the damage is done when it comes out should be more open, but uh, time will tell like anything else. And we have our last product. This one I did see at the recent uh, SUNA meeting that I saw in New Orleans. Um, one of the problems when we do a lot of radical prostatectomies is that the uh, some of the patients are left with incontinence. Now, most of the time, it's not total incontinence, but they can get stress incontinence. I had a patient in particular who was a carpenter, and he said that, yeah, whenever he had to bend over to pick something up, he said he would have to have a diaper or something. And, you know, the Cunningham clamp is a nice device, but it's huge, as most of us know. So this is a newer device that uh, haven't had any experience. Actually, I gave it to one of the nurses in my office, uh, the sample to try on a patient to see how they like it. But here it is, the Pacey MedTech device. We will now show you how to use the Pacey cuff, and we will explain how it protects your circulation and stops the leaks. The circulation in the penis runs along the top side of the penis and inside the corpus cavernosum. The urethra runs along the center underside of the penis. A pacey cuff is a cuff device that goes around the penis with a curved top or hood and a pressure pad on the bottom. The fenestrated hood of the pacey cuff protects the circulation. This ensures the blood flows without limitation. Older clamp designs compress the penis. This stops the leaks, but it also restricts the blood flow. If a clamp restricts the blood flow, ischemic pain occurs. The bottom part of the Pacey cup has a thicker turbo pad. We call this the compression pad. The compression pad pushes up onto the urethra, stopping the leaks. The size and thickness of the pad also ensures comfort to the user. This is how to wear the Pacey cup. First, wrap the Pacey cup around the penis the bottom compression pad on the bottom of the penis and the top fenestrated hood on the top side of the penis. Then compress Pacey cuff to the appropriate tension needed to stop leaking. Finally, secure it in place by pressing the adjustable Velcro strap down over the top. The Velcro strap has numbers cut into the strap so that you can find the number that works best for you. Remember that number and use it each time you use the Pacey cuff. So there we have it. That is our our walk through all the newest invent newest things in urology. We opened all our presents and Christmas is over, I guess. <laughs> that was great. Thanks for for featuring those products. Oh, uh, my pleasure. It was uh it was a fun thing to do and uh I, I just always excited to see what's out there, what's new and exciting in urology. Nicely done. So I'd like to thank everybody who showed up Christmas Eve. You guys are troopers to still come in and, and join us for this talk. This is great. I know a lot of pay, uh, uh, attendees out there to tell me they watch it on demand. So I know there'll be a lot of YouTubers out there watching it later on. Uh, so hope you enjoy it. Hope everybody has a great Christmas. Join us next week. We're going to also do Chris or New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is going to be an interesting program. I'm going to take a little look back on what we've accomplished over the past since August 6th when we launched. What have we done? Um, What our plans are for the future. I've got some ideas and I'm going to bring those out. 
And <clears throat> anybody who shows up that wants to get on, I am going to, at the end of all the show, my part of the show, uh, allow anybody to switch over and come over into the panelist view and we can chat over there too. Instead of strictly when we go to the after hours, we'll be able to do that. Um, hopefully, I think I can do it, make it work. So uh, we'll try that. For those of you that are really dying to just keep this conversation going or want to talk about things that we saw today, I will open up the after hours as we close. Uh, Charlene Valmer said this was a very good selection shared of what is new out there. Thank you, Charlene. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, sure enjoyed the, the cruise last week and seeing the inside view of the medical part was interesting. Yeah, it's too bad I couldn't get that interview, but oh well, maybe better luck next time. Uh, I'd like to thank my panelists. It's been a pleasure having you guys supporting this program all this time. Couldn't do it without you. Uh, and attendees, it's great. You know, it's it's good to have a live audience to have some somebody to bounce. You know, send us information back and forth. That's always part of the program. And it's been so far very successful. We're gonna. I'm glad to keep it going. And looks like we're getting some support from outside. Uh, uh, besides the Chicago Metro. So we should be able to have funding to keep this rolling. So everybody enjoy your holiday, stay safe and see you next week.